Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Bald Move Prestige. Today, we're talking about the 2001 crime thriller uh, Training Day, directed by Antoine Fuqua, who you might uh, remember uh, directed Southpaw, which we did a commission podcast just a month or two back. It was written by David Ayer, who also is the scribe for The Fast and the Furious, and he also directed The Suicide Squad. Uh yeah <laughs> the bad one the bad one the bad one the bad not not yeah not, just not the suicide, suicide squad, squad. Yeah. just just a generic the suicide squad you got at home uh it stars denzel washington holy hell uh a monster performance uh in almost every sense of the word uh ethan hawk uh which we last kind of caught up with in gattaca uh that we did last year i think scott glenn uh he is uh the the, the big daddy granddaddy from uh, leftovers Cliff Curtis, who we've seen in Fear the Walking Dead and also way back when uh, movie Once for Warriors, we covered yeah. a while back. Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. uh, Raymond Cruz, Tuco from Breaking Bad and a very tight, tight, tight performance. Peter Green, Zed from uh, Pulp Fiction shows up here. Raymond J. Barry, Raylan's dad from Justified. Terry Cruz from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and President Camacho from Idiotocracy. Idiotocracy uh, is is. Is what Peter did I say? Green, President Taco? Did what did I President Taco from Idiotocracy? No, <laughs> Idiotocracy. Yeah, no. uh, is Peter Green the guy from The Mask? He is. Okay, he is. he's okay. the big, bad guy from The Mask. Yeah, that's where I recognized him from. I think he's also from the second Under Siege. I just saw that recently too. But who's the, the, keeping there's track? There's a dude in here. I also think is from The Shield. Um, it's one of one of uh, Denzel's crew. That he calls in toward the end of the movie. I, I think he's from mm. the Shield. I think he's one of the one of Vic Mackey's guys, but I can't remember. Well, you're not wrong because these guys are all based on like Training Day and Shield, and almost every corrupt cop movie you've ever seen in the last twenty or thirty years is based on the one guy who ran the crash division of LAPD the, right. the, the special forces guy and the, the power and then you know he, he ended up serving five years in jail etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, you know I think Vic Mackey is more of a straight up depiction of his activities and this is a little bit more of a gonzo depiction mm-hmm. I have never seen this movie before uh, came out 20 years ago it was supposed to release I think the week of or the week after 9-11 and the studio pushed it back a month uh, to you know this is an incredibly violent uh, film and they were worried about offending people's sensibilities. It's so, so f- funny to read. Well, that's not funny. It's interesting to read contemporary reviews of the days of these movies where people are like, oh man, are people going to have the stomach for mindless violence anymore? And it took us a while, but yeah, we 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 got that appetite back. Uh, I'd never seen yeah. this movie before. Have you seen this movie? And what did you think? Yeah, I've seen it once before. Uh, it's been a long time. It's been probably fifteen years at least. Um, I remembered basically one scene. I, I remembered the the card scene with Ethan Hawke and and Tuco and you know the, oh. the shit pushed in scene because uh, mm-hmm. I probably mm-hmm. remembered it specifically for that because mm-hmm. Raymond Cruz is just a freak, a weirdo, uh, and yeah, and he, he really has is. some great lines in the scene. But like, it, so I kind of went into this with fresh eyes uh, this time around and. I, I found myself enjoying it. I, I don't think it's like the most amazing movie ever. I, mm-hmm. I And I, it took me a long time to settle into it because Denzel Washington plays such a shitbag cop that 
I just wanted to hate that character. And I will say without Denzel Washington, without the charisma that's just cranked to 11, I don't think this movie works at all. I think you've got to have a guy who could just magnetize you into this lifestyle. And, and to make me believe that a cop like Ethan Hawke, um, what's his fucking name in this? I don't know. Hoyt. Uh, Hoyt would have any inroads into this. Like it wouldn't just immediately say, no, no, this is not for me. Goodbye. Yeah. Denzel makes this movie and it's, it's a pretty good movie. The, the movie's plot is coherent, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty subtle too. There's not a lot of like handholding until we get to sort of the very end of this movie. And I think that pretty much works in its favor. Yeah. And it's, it, it works kind of on a morality tale, you know, uh, like mm-hmm. little, little butterflaps of good and, and butterflaps of bad kind of pachinko through this movie and wash out at the end to give people appropriate fates for what they've done, uh, which kind of surprised yeah. me. Um, Cause like I, I, I I feel a lot like you like this is one of those things where we've talked about this a lot on the pulp where it's like, you know, we've got the uh, borderline prestige that this is a borderline pulp film because um, I thought this was just going to be a cinematic version of of uh, the shield. And it's a lot crazier than that, mm-hmm. um, especially when it gets in the end. But I kept on thinking, you know, like Denzel's got one of the best smiles in Hollywood and you've seen him play so many good guys, so many charming guys. And to see like that smile, but with nothing behind the eyes, mm. uh, it's a subtle difference. But oh, my God, it he is is he's, he's up to something. He's terrifying, like him doing like shifting moral calculus around the board, like chips at a poker table. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty horrifying. Um, you know, I couldn't help thinking that like because, you know, when I was was doing the research and, you know, though this came out right at the, the 9-11, we just got done on the 20th anniversary. It is interesting that like, you know, as long as the war on terror lasted, as long as our war in Af- of Afghanistan and Iraq's lasted, uh, war on drugs rages on. Yeah. And it's funny in again, not a funny way, an interesting way, a sad way that like. All of the things, all of the problems that we had in society that are highlighted in this movie are still there. Like they they like these these not like these neighborhoods have gotten any better. It's not like the drug. It's not like we've made significant inroads and in drugs and addiction. Things have gotten, in fact, worse. Yeah, um, it's 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 that's the frustrating thing about these types of movies, because I had a lot of fun with Denzel's performance. I thought Ethan and again. Uh, I don't think Denzel's performance lands as well without, you know, a really good rookie and Ethan yeah. Hawke has got that kind of like, you know, rookie shine and vulnerability and optimism that works really well against the cynicism of, of Washington's performance. Um, yeah, I, I never appreciated Ethan Hawke. I, it, there, there's something about his performances that I've huh. just not been able to latch on to, but recently we watched Gattaca and now we okay. watch this and I don't, I don't know. There are still certainly actors of that era that I prefer more, but I think I was overlooking what is actually a pretty good actor, like a, a substantially good actor here. Uh, in fact, he got nominated for a supporting role uh, Academy Award for this movie. Denzel won it. He, di- he didn't. He lost to like Jim, Jim Broadbent or something in a movie called Iris, I think. Uh, mm. 
but I was super impressed with him because he's able to like play that naive rookie, right? Who's gung ho about the law and come in and get partially corrupted and, and have you reasonably believe that he could live this lifestyle if he were not pushed so hard on, on day one, because the whole movie takes place in a single day. Um, but, but then by the end, he like turns into something that is, uh, to be reckoned with, right? It's not just a rookie cop who's out of his depth. I, Mm -hmm. I really thought he did an amazing job and you, you kind of needed both, right? You need Denzel Washington to turn on the charm, but you also need a rookie who can believably by the end of the movie, turn into a, a force in his own right. If you want to see some other things that would change your mind about Hawk, uh, Snow Falling in Cedars is excellent. Uh, he just is in that Good Lord Bird about John oh, Brown. Right. Yeah. And he was he's like, you know, old man Hawk throw, pitching 100 mile an hour heat and that. Uh, and nice. it, he's also in that Linklater uh, like Sunrise trilogy. Oh, huh, okay. um, that's 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 really good. Um, but I, I've I've always liked uh, uh, Ethan Hawk. Um in 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 a lot of his different movies because i guess i was lucky enough to see some of the good ones um mm-hmm. i liked him since i saw him in explorers so that was that was uh if we, oh, if we had explorers that. we would kind of have, with with flight of the navig we'd have like all the sci-fi kid movies kind of all yeah the the 84 85 to 86 run of sci-fi fantasy kid movies um but you know i i agree he's got a lot uh, mm-hmm. a, a lot of range and a lot of talent and you you need that because otherwise like you put somebody like at average Hollywood replacement level and just Denzel fucking blows him away <laughs> right. like that scene where Sarah Connor's hanging onto the fence when the, the nuke blast hits it's like <laughs> just get, yeah. you just get vaporized by this Denzel Washington performance and uh, you know the fact that like he's got enough bottom to where you could reasonably think that he would pull a gun on his fellow officers like at a, at a critical moral or, or fight his way out of like an apartment uh, and, and then take a train, you know, just take the, the bus over to he's, he's, he's just got that kind of like enough of that backbone where you think he just might, he's just crazy and has enough like inherent goodness in him. Uh, yeah. that he's just not going to get steamrolled by Denzel Washington's character. But I found myself like in the perverse part of the film, like going back and forth between, you know, cause I try to approach him, you know, approach material, um, you know, like are cops bad or is their system bad? You know, I think both things can be true. You can have bad cops and in, in, in good systems. You can have good cops and bad systems. And I kept on thinking like in early goings, this film was like, well, how do I, well, how do I feel about Denzel Washington's, uh, how, how do I feel about this guy's, you know, moral framework? It's like he gets, he doesn't get to write the laws. He's just tasked of like cleaning up this, uh, the, the drugs in society and the gang violence and, you know, um, if like, like, where is he coloring outside the lines? Where is like, what is that? Is it reason? Even if I don't agree with it, but is it reasonable? And I found myself kind of flip flopping back and forth until you get in about the middle of the mm-hmm. movie. And it's just like, oh, he's not like a corrupt cop. He's like a corrupt cop. Yeah, I, I was thinking like watching this movie. OK, we can we can have a measured, reasonable conversation about the, the excuses he makes and whether that's reasonable or not. And you get to some point in this movie and you're like, oh, no, never mind. We can't. This is all fucked up. Yeah, because I, I thought there'd be some like this is, like you said, like some like discussion about, you know, like how vigilante justice and there's that great right. line about it's it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. And like, 
you know, I, I don't agree with this personally, but I think some people would be like, you know, maybe cops are excused at, um, you know, shade, you know, calling outside the lines if they know someone's guilty. And it's like, you know, if uh, Ethan Hawke caught these guys raping a girl um, early in the movie and the girl runs off, there's no witness and he's going to be run, may, maybe you plant a gun on them and make sure they go away for a while. I don't know how people feel about that, but like, no, by the end of this movie, you've gone. It's that's what I'm thinking. Like this thing went to be, it got less hard boiled and more of like crime fantasy. Well, I Um, think it's like he's a a anthropomorphized slippery slope, right? Yeah. 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 Especially since if you believe him, he used to be like Ethan Hawke. Right. Right. You plant a gun and they make that point over and over again in the movie. You know, you were just like me at some point. Mm -hmm. Ethan Hawke's even tired of hearing it. He's like, yeah, right. Whatever. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. And that's that's again, like in a halfway to put in a movie, I thought, you know, I bet there's a there. I bet we're going to end up with, you know, Denzel gets shot in a shootout and uh, it's going to be Ethan Hawke's fault. And he's going to walk away with that hard thousand yard stare look in the camera. And you're going to understand that Ethan has become the Denzel Washington character. He's finally realized that he's got to be as tough as the street or the street's going to eat him up or something I like that. Was worried about that, too. But they they no they they don't. They just show that, like, you know, no matter what you feel about the police, their tactics and, uh, you know, might makes right, all that kind of stuff like this guy is just beyond beyond the pale. And um, I like that they they let the they let Denzel's actions eat him alive, right? It's it's yeah, literally really himself that brings him down. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I I thought like it's like oh my gosh, I don't really know if I'm up for like a big long moralizing conversation about drug war and all that kind of stuff. I don't think you need to have one because the thing this movie completely neatly dodges any of that kind of critique about because. It's just I I don't believe the LAPD is ruled by three wise men who fix all the drug deals. And like, I, you know, like it's not that cur- it's 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 not that fucking corrupt. I think it's it's just that, you know, the, it's it's bad law. It's like the prohibition. I, the, the thing I kept on watching is like, man, I imagine like, you know, if you're watching Dick Tracy or you're watching Al Capone movies, um, you know, maybe you like those old gangster movies, right? But and they they still make them. But like, what if that shit was like going on in the 70s and 80s? Like you still had cops like, ah, yeah, trying to run this vodka from Canada. Well, it just shows goes to show like it's just ridiculous. Like we've criminalized something that like there's an enormous appetite for. Yeah, there's some societal problems just like there is with booze and cigarettes. But like, fuck, man, what? How? How long is this going to keep going on? All right. Yeah. That's my last. That's my last. My last comment on the, the drug, the drug war culture. Um, <laughs> gotcha. And it's also like they name check a lot of stuff like, you know, Rodney King and all that kind of stuff. And like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you can't do the kind of stuff that we're going to be doing widespread anymore. The people are too smart for that or on another level. But um, yeah, they're, they're like I, I, I did. did, did but, the, but the movie, again, it just goes so much further and postulates so much. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, you might I kind of thought we'd like run into John Wick in the hotel, like like Denzel's going to go in and flip a fucking Roman gold coin to somebody. And it's like that's that's how yeah. far from reality we leave by the end of the film. Yeah. But um, we start pretty much in reality. It's interesting. They're. Um, you know, they, they name check Rodney King, like you said, uh, which is an L.A. event, obviously. And they what they don't name check, but they like, I, I guess. Um, what's his what's his name? What's the writer's name? Uh, David Ayer. Oh, Ayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he was 
writing this, he couldn't he couldn't really like figure it out. He had this idea and he was like kind of half written. And then when this Rampart scandal stuff in L.A. happened, which was like the, the crash stuff that you mentioned, um, mm-hmm, their mm-hmm. their team, like 70 people got, um, you know, the finger pointed at them. I think like of, of that, like 50 people were actually like investigated and 25 were found to do some wrongdoing. Um, so it was like this huge scandal and mm-hmm. he, it was kind of the inspiration to finish this film for him. So the stuff that they're mentioning about like, oh yeah, that, uh, you know, that corruption shit among the cops doesn't really fly. Like the rookie comes in and says all this stuff. It, that's very much like a direct response to what was happening in the real world with the rampart stuff. Um, just ripped out a few headlines. years earlier. Gotcha. Um, well, how, where do we want to, I, I guess maybe for people like me who hadn't seen this movie, uh, you probably have a pretty good idea of how this movie, uh, what this movie is about. But the concept is there is a rookie. He's not a rookie cop. He's like pretty fresh out of the academy, but he's been working patrol for a while. But he has been eyeing. He wants to become a detective, an investigator. And his new spots opened up on this, uh, you know, undercover unit. It's not even undercover. It's narcotics. Narcotics, you're right. Yeah. They're they're a narcotics unit. And they use unconventional tactics and whatnot. And his commanding officer is Denzel Washington. Has him meet him, and then immediately just starts. It's it's his. He says, "This is going to be your new training day. I'm going to see what if you got what it takes to get across the street, or to get the the the, the survive in the street." And it lasts exactly one 24 hour day. For like you know, he meets him at like 10 o'clock in the morning, and then this thing ends in the wee hours of the night. Hell um, and of a day. That's too. the other thing. You know what? I just now like the mental like there's a lot of shit that happens in this movie for 24 hours. That's another kind of a fantastic. This isn't training week. This is training day. Yeah. Holy hell. What a day. It's oh. insane. I mean, this guy's going to my entire like day week. would be smoking PCP. That, that'd be it. Like <laughs> I I'd do PCP and then that would be the rest of my day done. Yeah, you you would need some kind of something to get you through. <laughs> yeah. But it's it, not uh, a beer. I can tell you that much. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, Ethan Hawke's uh, character, Hoyt, thinks he's going to go out there and he's going to clean the streets up with drugs and get the gangbangers off the streets and, and help prote- serve and protect. And who boy, who boy, is he got a whole thing, uh, a whole other thing coming to him. And that's the rest of the movie. Is is uh, Denzel going to successfully corrupt this young man, this upright uh, cop uh, with the, the fast life and the money? Uh, that comes from being a narcotics detective, apparently in L.A. Uh, or is he going to stay true to his badge? Is he going to? Yeah, there's uh, and and again, the movie kind of goes back and forth about how you believe that uh, or which way you believe or things going to happen until till uh, late in the movie. So that's the the premise. Uh, what do we want to talk about? Um, uh, this is a pretty landmark movie. You remember when we were talking about Bloodsport and we were like, oh, the walled city of Calhoun, is that what it's called? Or Cal- yeah, Kowalun. Uh, Kowalun, <laughs> yes, something like that. Um, it was like one of the only movies that ever shot there. Uh, mm-hmm. This is kind of similar in that same way because apparently they shot in uh, a project in LA. I forget the name of it. What was it called? Uh, Imperial Courts, which is exactly like you see it uh, on screen. There, it's just like this big project that is like. Uh, it has 50 something percent of the typical, the average murder rate uh, in LA. And it's like very violent, tons of gangs. It's basically gang controlled because none of the gangs would allow any 
film crews in to shoot before this, and this was the first movie to do it. So pretty hmm. historic in that regard. I wonder how they got this one. How, how do you do that? You get, I don't know, you, man. You know. Antoine Fuqua or David Ayer, some some producer somewhere knew somebody. Somebody greased greased a lot because it's not like you don't just know you got to know a lot of different people probably the different like and how you get the gangs to cooperate like you know yeah but, uh, I, that 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 blows my mind. Um, the movie does have like that look like you can like it's it's a L.A. fucking movie. Yeah. Um, you know, it's got a lot of that, uh, you know, magic hour, orange lighting, smog sky. You get the, you know, you're up in the hills and you're looking down in the valley and is this the all the skyscrapers and stuff. Uh, you said that they filmed on location in the projects, um, the costuming and the and the like, the you know, uh, they're riding around in this uh you know, hellified Monte Carlo with uh, hydraulic lifts and shit. Uh, yeah, the soundtrack. This soundtrack took me back to my youth, man. This is like the yeah. this is like a the a, a greatest uh, rap album mega hits from 1999 to 2001 <laughs> kind of thing. And all right. your favorite rappers are going to show up at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snoop Dogg, uh, Dr. Dre, at least the West Coast uh, ones, yeah. Yeah, I guess you, yeah, you're the, the 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 surviving West Coast rappers are represented mm-hmm. in this movie. Um so it's got that kind of like very authentic look to it. Yeah. Uh they do have a New Zealander playing a Mexican gang lord. Uh that's that's, that's unfortunate, but uh well, so he, does, he does a damn good job of it, you know. I yeah. got to say. Um his mustache kills me though, man. It's a bad mustache. Is it a bad mustache? I thought it was a good mustache. It's I like it's uh, just I- I don't know. New Zealand Tom Selleck type of mustache, man. Maybe it's just that all mustaches are bad. I don't know. Mm, mm, gotcha. Um, but I think the thing, the, the, the film's got a certain look and sound of the, you know, the, the new millennium uh, L.A. And uh, I, I, I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah. So let's talk about this plot. Because I that's the thing I think I'm walking away other than Denzel's performance. This is the thing I walk away. That's the most impressive is that this movie just puts little breadcrumbs out that you you don't even notice. Like, you know, yeah. they have this kind of throw like uh, uh, have an Ethan Hawke smoke a joint in the beginning. You know, um, that's uh, that's that's a standard kind of cop test that you're going to pull on somebody to make sure that they're going to be able to be a successful blah, blah, blah. And that's how it's played. But that turns out to be a piece of like a, a, a big, important uh, turning point in the plot. You've got Ethan in a drug haze, barely functional, stop a rape. And mm-hmm. that's just you think, oh, that's that's just uh, the, the, the give you a comparison between Denzel and Ethan Hawke. You know, it's 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 nothing, nothing big, nothing important. Turns out to be a major part of the plot. Yeah. And the fact that like um, there's a scene where. Ethan's starting to put two and two together. Um, and he, you know, he says, you've been planning this, you know, you've been planning this, uh, like it, it, it reveals that essentially Denzel Washington has been planning the sequence of events for like weeks to like this rookie is going to be assigned to me. And I'm going to have like all the things weren't just random things that he did, was doing to haze a guy or like they were all integral parts of his plan. And he even had backups to like everything. Like if Ethan Hawk uh, flips on him, then he can leave him in this, uh, neighborhood where the Mexican gang owns. And I, I just thought that stuff worked out, r- felt, felt very satisfying. 
just a little touch unbelievable. But honestly, if you if you're calling bullshit about like, uh, you know, the pink wallet at this stage, like you're usually you're probably just just the, your suspension of disbelief is such that you're not going to be able to engage with any part of this movie. Uh, yeah, for wh- sure. Wh- what do you th- what do you think? Um, I, I really like what they're doing uh, with all of that plot stuff. Those those coincidences that, you know, turn out to be pivotal. Um, especially in regard to like, like I said, Denzel kind of, you know, his actions hanging himself by the end. Right. Um, there's, there's this two faced aspect to this character. Um, and everybody can feel it. Everybody can sense it. Right. Yes. He comes around and he hands out fucking VCRs and blenders and stuff which may or may not just be boxes of cash. I don't even know. Um, but those people know that he will turn on them in a second, the moment he needs something for himself, right? This is all self-serving. And I think the way that they handle that with uh, the end of this movie is very good. It's like they understand that like, yeah, Ethan, both of these guys are on the, the wrong side of for for them right they, they're cops and they hate cops because cops suck i mean look at denzel washington in this movie but they could tell like something is different about ethan hawk um and that is what makes them turn finally on denzel and i i thought the way that they plant those seeds and the way that that all kind of builds to the end was really well done that's the part of the movie that I thought fell a little flat. Like when the entire, like they did this, they described this project as being like, you know, vi- you know, wildly anti-police and like the whole project comes out. All these gangsters are like, uh, you know, circling these men, like six people deep. They all got guns. And I thought they did a pretty good job of showing that um, it's not like they respect this police officer, but he's done enough like favors <laughs> That if it's him versus the rookie, that they would probably plug the rookie with the expectation that this guy will continue to play ball with them and, you know, help them with little favors and stuff. And the new guys probably not. And they all kind of like it felt a little almost cringy, like when all the uh, the New Yorkers start throwing garbage at the Green Goblin at the end of Spider-Man. Like, yeah, you mess with Spider-Man, you mess with all of us. We're New Yorkers, pal. We stick kind of in that like. Hmm. I don't I didn't really buy it. I didn't really I bought it like and and the thing, especially when it happens twice in the movie, like the first time when he talks himself out of the Ray Cruz uh, card game predicament, that made sense because that was a seed the movie planted early. And it's kind of like, that's why I said those those moral butterfly flaps, right? Like Ethan Hawke chose to be a good police officer in that one moment. Like, OK, I can marginally do something about the drug rate in L.A. or I can stop this young woman from being raped right now. And he mm-hmm. makes that choice against odds, almost gets his ass kicked, almost gets killed. But he prevails. And that's his get out of j- his get out of his de- death free card for this guy. But like, I'm trying to think what he actually did in the movie that turned the whole fucking block against the corrupt cop that had greased their wheels so many times. Well, it's because he's not really greasing their wheels like there's one line and yeah they don't do much um but it was enough for me but there's one line when like he when when uh denzel and hawk are walking into this project for the first time and into his baby mama's house i don't know what she is to him uh yeah i think it's a full-on second family he's got a secret family with eva mendez 
Oh, this is not his wife. Okay, I I wasn't sure. Um, he has a wife and four sons, but oh, he also right. has his side piece, right? Yeah. Yes, four four kids should have been the the tip there. Uh, but but the guy turns around like as soon as they walk through, the guy turns around and is like, I hate that motherfucker. So so you mm. can tell like it's not stuff that happened necessarily in this movie. It's stuff that happened constantly before this. So. Mm. Yeah, something about him that they already don't like. And so when Ethan Hawke shows up with a look on his face that says, I'm out for blood and I'm here to see Alonzo, they're like, all right, all right, you're going you're gonna to be the guy that takes this guy that we know we hate out of our lives. Maybe you're worth, you're worth your weight here. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. It That's was the thing. It's like me. they did have the one guy say that, like, yeah, I hate his guts. But they also had the guy say, you know, like, oh, he helped my cousin. You know, he got my cousin out of lockup, or and yeah, you know, he's true. also given the gifts and the money and all that stuff out. I just thought, like, I don't know. I, I, I it, it just, it just bugged me a little bit because it just, it felt corny. It felt corny. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like, in if if that's if that was to happen, like, well, maybe they kill them both. <laughs> you know. Like why? Why did they let the the one get killed and then and then the other guy walk out? I, I don't know. I, that's that's uh, and I because I thought the the stuff leading up to that like there's a really great action scene again. It's a little bit unbelievable, but like you know they have this like running battle from Eva Mendez's bedroom uh, to his kitchen, spills out in the street. They go up on a rooftop. Denzel thinks he's got you know, he's he's driving off to make his uh, Russian connection, and then Ethan comes flying off like the third floor of the building. Spam on. And yeah, they got this like it's then- yo, it's incredible. And he's just like, you know, back and forth, reversing and driving forward. And Ethan Hawke's uh, uh, hanging on for dear life. I thought that stuff was really good. And I thought he was just it's going to be an old fashioned beatdown. And then when all the people surrounded him, like, oh, fuck, you're right. This is the one neighborhood you can't go into unless you're, you know, one cop just walking in here in the dead of night, apparently. But like. I don't know that that felt a little anticlimactic when it was essentially the gangsters with the heart. And it's not that they have hearts of gold. No, it's just like they're, they're more. They're, they're the cops kill themselves. Yeah. It's like, right. Oh, right. you're a cop who wants to kill another cop. Go for it, man. That's the We're thing. Not it's not quite this. like, yeah, it's not quite like the Spider-Man scene or the other one that it felt like is, uh, you know, there's a scene in a rocketeer where the mafia guys turn on the Nazis and they're like, we might be fucking mafia guys, but we're American mafias. You fucking Nazi. It's like, okay. If it just, it, it, it's not mm. that I know it's not that it's not literally yeah. like they're appealing to patriotism or their shared no. community and all that kind of stuff. But it, it was enough like that. And the performance that this huh. rest of this movie is just so fucking gonzo and hardcore. It felt like it was a little bit of a punch pull. Um, I'm surprised that they let Denzel go is the thing. Like when Ethan Hawke walks away, I assume Denzel's dead. But I guess. Yeah, I I don't really know how he walks out of that situation. Which situation? Well, you got the the whole community with guns pointed at him and Ethan Hawke's walking away and he's begging him to come back. Right. That's the thing I love about the scene is he's begging Ethan Hawke because he thinks he's dead if Ethan Hawke walks away. And then we next time we see him, he's just driving his car out of there. That's what I'm saying. So like that to me, that that kind of brought the energy of the film to it in a different direction. And then they do essentially Sonny at the toll booth with the Russians. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's his that's his real end. And I was shocked in doing research. Apparently, Denzel Washington had to beseech Fuqua to 
He's like, look, you can't let my character walk out of this movie. Apparently, the original, like, it's a little bit more of a morally gray, like, you know, at the end, Ethan sacrifices Ooh. everything, and, and he's still, no, you, Denzel's like, no, you have to kill this guy. He's too bad. He's too far gone redemption. Yeah. I'm like, I agree damn. So, I don't know. That's what, the, I guess it's double surprise, because they did the, you know, the mild kind of, like, you know, heartwarming gangsters siding with the good cop versus the corrupt cop, and then he walks out of it. And then he walks into the Russian ship, the you know wood chipper. So let's talk about that Russian plot a little bit, because you don't find out about this until midway through the movie, at least. Um, it's it's yeah. approaching like the third act before you even understand that there's a problem with the Russians here. It's it's the three wise men scene, right, where he sits down with them mm-hmm. and he's like clearly fucked something up in Vegas, and mm-hmm. now and the Russians were involved. And over the course of the movie, I think they're dropping little hints about this too. Mm-hmm. I think. So, so there's a phone call that um, Denzel makes like right, right after this, pretty soon after this uh, three wise men scene where mm-hmm. he's talking to somebody about keeping the tub clean. And you, you understand that that uh-huh. phone call he's making right in front of Ethan Hawke is the right. call to set up his death. Um, yeah. Because he's not playing along. Right. And then. Mm-hmm. It, no, it must happen right after the, the Roger scene where they kill him. Uh, cause that was the scene where it like really turns and there's no way this guy's going to be oh, the good. Like, I, like, you know, I can't, but it, it could have happened before. And that was just like, you'd understand that Denzel was just like covering all of his bases. Like it, when you finally be, figure yeah. out what that meant, it's just like, Hey, I don't know if this guy's going to, f- this is a big deal. Like it'd be smart for him to get that set up before they kill Roger because Jesus Christ, that is like that. That's kind of as and insane as the whole block coming out for Ethan is like the insane. idea that like, we're going to kill this guy. Um, no, anyway, I don't want to interrupt your point because I yeah, want to go back take, and talk take about his money, again. pay off. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. My dudes pay off the Russians. Yeah, it's all right, like right. of a piece here. But like, there's also a call earlier on when when Ethan Hawke is on PCP and you walk into mm-hmm. Roger's house for the first time and they're all laughing and drinking and being mm-hmm. buddy buddy. But Scott Glenn is like taking a phone call here or something, and he says to somebody, uh. It's your mess. Don't call me about it. All this stuff. And we know that he's like hooked up kind of with the drug scene. Right. And maybe my my question is, is this call part of the Russian thing? Is are the Russians calling him about Denzel or or the three wise men calling him about Denzel? And then. The, the, these two calls are both happening in front of the people that they're about. I, right. I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing this movie again because I got a, a, another question for you is like, why? It, why the fuck in a non meta way did they go to Scott Glenn's house in the first place? Because like to me, the way I can the, the it, it only yeah. it seems like meta. It just sets up that this is a guy and they're friends. So the betrayal is even crazier. But like from Denzel's perspective, why the fuck would you introduce them into their to the commander? Like, why wouldn't you just be like, hey, we've got a tip of this guy's a big, big drug guy. We're going to go kick in the door. And, you know, and then like, but then the movie doesn't happen. But I'm like, there's Mm got to be a satisfying answer. That's not just like, well, if they did it this way, the movie wouldn't happen because that's what it feels like to me. What do they they get? do they get a tip from him where some cash or Sandman's at? Is that why they go to him to get Sandman's address? So, okay. Cause here's the other thing is I've only seen this movie once. So like, let's yeah, so, yeah. so they go to Sandman. but the thing is, 
they go to Sandman to get the money to get the arrest warrant. To, oh, because that that's that's exactly it. Because if they just went in there and murdered him without a legit warrant, yeah, yeah, then it's just a it's just a gangland massacre and the jigs up. So they had to kind of go all the way around Robin Hood's backside of his barn to get to that point in the plot, so that and, it all. Yeah, yeah. If, he, if he supplies the address for Sandman, which gives them the money to get the warrant bribe to then go in and kill him it's like double fucked right. up right right yeah, signing yeah, his yeah. own death warrant kind of literally yeah but you're right like those phone calls i wonder what those yeah like if, if you do watch it again you start paying attention like is was there another version of this movie where scott glenn calls the right people and denzel and, and denzel washington gets gave up and yeah. then he gets to retire to the philippines with his four million dollars could be yeah um, I, another question about that scene, the snail story, um, you know, where the snail gets kicked off the porch and his shell all busted up and spends a year recovering and then climbs right back up on the porch and the owner walks out and says, what the hell is your problem? Did you figure out what the story meant by the end of the movie? Because apparently you figure out the streets if you do that. Uh, so I couldn't tell if. Because the my first reading of it was that a snail is like um, a criminal, and uh, the, being taken off the streets for a couple of years is jail, mm-hmm. and like your, your cop experience is always like you know throwing this thing, you know, taking a snail and whip it off, and you just made it bigger and stronger, and it comes back, and you're surprised to see it again. Yeah, you know, like the cyclical, like you, you're not, you're, I you're not doing, you're not. You're not you're not stepping on this, this snail. You're not taking a snail off the board. You're just mm-hmm. making the snail a stronger thing. And it's just going to come right back. But like, it also might be the cop's perspective, but I don't know how that, or it also could just be something they're doing to bullshit. Ethan Hawk. What, what is your interpretation? Uh, yeah, I think you're right about that. I think it's the, uh, the idea that like, yeah, you can kind of you know have a light touch on this crime stuff because these are all corrupt cops um and and drug dealers and shit they're talking right none of these guys are good guys mm-hmm. um so yeah like you have a light touch with these people and they will just come back and bite you in the ass again you'll you'll just be dealing with the same shit next year uh from the same people and you see that a lot in this movie right like scott glenn is an example of this roger himself where you know denzel says yeah he was dealing dope to kids and he's still doing it like he's still connected to that stuff like he is an example of the snail so mm-hmm. I, I think you're right on that, that that's what okay. i took the meaning to be the other thing i found surprising is I, I i paid a lot of attention to um the early goings when denzel's like telling he's like look i can tell you got that love in your eyes like you're gonna go home to a, a great woman to a great kid you gotta you can't let that come out in the street that'll get you killed i was looking as soon as we met Denzel's second son I thought that what would bring him down is like he would have a soft spot for him mm. and like they they played it like it is all set up at the end kind of like you know there was a shootout and he's in a crossfire and I thought he would turn soft and then that would let Ethan Hawke like get to drop on him or something I, as far as I can tell none of that ever pays off uh, yeah but they do a pretty good job like conveying everything they need to convey in those scenes because every time I had a question like oh is this I wasn't quite sure who this uh, woman and this child were, but mm-hmm. they have a very like intense moment between Denzel and the kid. And I'm like, okay, is this, is this his child? And later it turns out, yes, in fact it is. And they did the same thing with, um, with the, the card scene later on where I'm thinking, 
hmm, okay, the, the, they've got his gun here and it's unloaded and he's defenseless kind of at this point. Mm-hmm. And they make him like look out the window and say, hey, your buddy's gone. And I'm yeah. like, oh shit, he did he drop him off here knowing that he'd be killed by these guys? And then it mm-hmm. becomes apparent like five minutes later, yes, in fact, that's exactly what he did. And I was, yeah, I was happy to see that there were like inroads to understanding it before they actually just straight up revealed it. Right. Yeah. No, they let you think about it for a second. You know, it's also possible that like Denzel's just wrong um, because like it's you could argue that Ethan Hawke's kind of love and his inherent goodness and wanting to do good police work that saved the young lady from being raped is the thing that 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 saves him in this movie. Yeah. Where Denzel says you got to act all hard and bury all that shit and just focus on your job. If he hadn't, if he had done that literally, so maybe just just Denzel's sure. giving bad cop advice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's bad cop advice. Like if you, I mean, the streets are the snail too, right? If you beat the streets up, mm-hmm. the streets are going to come back and just be on you again the next year. You know, it's yeah, like kill them with kindness, kill them with uh, the shit that they need, which isn't secondhand vcrs from the evidence room or from unclaimed right. property right it's yeah, yeah it's not to get their asses beat for nothing it's it's not to get mm-hmm. shot in the back by cops it's yeah do you uh do you want to talk about some individual scenes because i thought there's uh-huh. like this movie is made up of a collection of just excellent vignettes uh the first one is where uh denzel takes ethan to the coffee shop and he comes in there and he's like, shut up and trying to read, you know, like order some food. While you're, and, and this is like, it's, it's great. An instance of like grooming somebody. Yeah. Because you're just having him put up with weird shit. Like, you know, order food. No, I don't want to. Okay, fine. Don't tries to engage in conversation. I read my fucking paper. Oh, okay. I'll order food. No, you're done. Fuck that up. Now tell me a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that stuff was really, it's like Denzel at his, at his finest. Um, you know, and there's like just like just really, really good dialogue here. Like uh, he's he's trying to get him to tell the story and then he's trying to turn it into like some kind of sex thing. And then he's like, oh, did you fuck that female? Oh, he didn't. Well, do you have a dick? Well, you got a dick, right? Uh, it's like, well, look to your left, look to your right. You got some money in one of those pockets. Pay the bill. Boom. Like that was a great that was a great fucking yeah. scene. Uh, you get the impression that like if this wasn't his boss, this dude would just be trying to hustle him for something. Right exactly exactly and it leads into the you know the monte carlo scene where you know he flips the switches and drives off uh, um i i just thought that introduction was one of the great because they they set up the phone call where it's like uh you know it's like hey are you on your way to roll call and he's not he's running late he's like yeah i'm walking out it's like well don't do that that's for bull that's for that's for that's for bullshit uh what i don't forget what they the dismissive thing they use for like patrol officers yeah um and then when you finally meet him, it's I just thought it was a great it's a great introduction scene to both of the characters that kind of lays a lot of uh, a ground. And the way that like plays out, one of my favorite moments in this movie is they they, they go and bust this, you know, college, these college kids and this VW bug uh, and mm-hmm. take their weed. And it's laced with PS, P, PCP rather um, <laughs> laced with the PlayStation it, Portable. <laughs> it's with PlayStation Portable. <laughs> And Ethan just huffs that shit up, right? He like he's uh-huh. resistant to it, but eventually, like he wants sure. to prove that he's he's down for what this job mm-hmm. entails. 
And so he smokes it. But the whole lead up to this is them. They're parked in the middle of an intersection. There are cars yes. honking. There are people shouting. And Denzel's this is putting a gun on civilians. Like, it's, and then you he's know. pulling guns. He's saying, smoke that weed. Like, these mm-hmm. are cops sitting in the middle of an intersection, dis- uh, disrupting traffic, smoking weed, waving guns. It's an insane scene. But I loved every second of it. Yeah, and it's like uh, that's the game. It's like that's why it's such a great like grooming thing because like right away he's being transgressive, like just little things like yeah. traffic laws and all that stuff. And then like you got to smoke this thing, and he's pulling guns on people. It's like everything was just like boiling Ethan like a frog. And uh, unfortunately for Denzel, I think he clicked up the degrees just a few too many with the Rogers situation. Yeah, um, yeah, for day then, one, it, you got to wait for, for day two for the accomplice to murder. Yeah. That's why the movie is more clever than I was giving it credit for, because like there's mo- so many moments where I'm like, well, this is just unbelievable. Like, why would you think like, why would you risk your life? It, no matter how desperate you are on the fact that this rookie is going to go along with this plot. But he had the because like he had the plan to murder him if he didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like multiple plans where Ethan Hawke could have noped out and he just goes like his his number a number one plan is to pin everything on the rookie. So his crew and his guys, you know, are 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 fine. Yeah. But, you know, and the fact that him getting in the smoke was just so he would uh, fail the drug test uh, that yeah. uh, it's just like it kept on kind of getting more and more clever. Uh, For sure. I. I love the scene of him having a foot have having to run Snoop Dogg down. Snoop Dogg is is hot wheeling in his wheelchair, mm-hmm. dodging in and out of traffic, going like uh, and like Snoop was not going to be arrested, man. Like he gets him <laughs> in that doorway and like he he's like just grabbing on and still trying to wheel through. I thought that was 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 hilarious and and uh, you, you know again uh, I've seen a lot of unconventional foot chases. We saw the one in Bloodsport. Now I get to see Ethan Hawke running down Snoop Dogg in, in, in the chair. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, another scene I like is the card scene. And it, like I said at the beginning, it's the only scene that I remembered from this movie, having seen it 15 years ago. It's, this is just a really well-crafted scene. You kind of don't realize what's going on here until it's already too late for Ethan Hawke, right? You're, You're just, just like, like oh, Ethan, they, yeah. these are guys just biding time, shooting the shit with a cop that, you know, they've got some malice toward but he's not harming him right now by the end of by two minutes into this thing you're like oh no yeah it might be because like the thing is is uh by the time this the trap the trap door slammed shut two minutes before i was up to it because the movie conditions you this has been many times denzel leads him into the fucking lion's den and it's Mm -hmm. okay because denzel's there you know like we're gonna go into the most dangerous projects no cops go in here we're just gonna go in here no backup no nothing because mm-hmm. I'm fucking King Kong and I'm LAPD and blah, blah, blah. And like several times that happens. And this one, it's like, you know, say, yeah, I'm gonna go take a shit. The gangsters are kind of funny. And, but like, there's like, I kept on thinking, you know, like they're fucking with this guy an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like, he gives up his gun and then I'm like, and then they also revealed like uh, early on that Ethan has no backup piece. He just yeah. has his issued his, uh, uh, department issued Beretta. Mm -hmm. So like once they get his gun and he's disarmed, I started getting really nervous. Uh, And then, then once the, that's like, they started really fucking with him. And yeah, when you look outside and, and his car has gone and everything's so unhinged, you got, you know, it's, it's weird. Like they're, they're these gangsters, they're playing, but they're not playing for money. That's weird. 
uh-huh. like you know and, and, Raymond and one Cruz of them is just is, like so cool and not saying anything right and the other guy's joking and having fun with him and then one dude is just straight up crazy he's probably on pcp <laughs> yeah and that's the thing like the tension just kind of keeps on uh ra- ramping up and then i i even put in my notes like i don't see how they're going to get him out of this situation in any kind of plausible way. He has no guns. He's, yeah. he has four guys in this room, all armed, all bigger than him. Like, I, how is he going to shoot his way out of this situation? And it, what saves him is that he was at the beginning of this movie, a good cop. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I even like the way that like the guy calls his, and I kind of like, cause the niece doesn't want him to know that she cut school. So I, I was like, huh? Everything just was like really well done. Um, the, the way it all worked, the way it all worked out. I was kind of surprised that they let him go any, but I, I don't know. I guess there is that code of honor that like, you know, you did my niece something good. And also, I guess if you go along with uh, Denzel Washington, just being a shit and these guys kind of resent him for yeah. having his boot on their neck the whole time. So. Yeah, I think so. I think that goes a long way. So the whole, the, the, the last one I want to talk about is the kind of towards at the end of the movie, you know, I've, uh, this is a pretty memeable movie. Like I haven't seen this movie before, but I was aware that Raymond Cruz gets, gets a shit pushed in at some point. I was aware of, uh, you know, a, a bunch of different scenes, like there's tons of gifts that are famous to this movie, but, uh, the King, you know, like, uh, King Kong ain't got shit on me. I kept on waiting for that. I kept on waiting for that to happen, waiting for that to happen. And it doesn't come until the very end of the movie. And it's, it's not like I'd always seen it in, in reference of like, you know what uh, Denzel Washington just being at the apex of his power. I was surprised that when it actually showed up that he, this was all just false bravado. He's a dead man. He doesn't ever, doesn't even know it. He has no power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you said, I'm kind of like in retrospect surprised he even walked out of that scene. But that's like the the one of the most famous scenes in the movie, and it happens at the very end. And the context of it is pathetic. Yeah, it's not grandiose or it's del- it's delusional. Delusional. So yeah. that was that was one one surprise I had that, that the movie had in store for me. And I like the way they end this movie. Um, not not the Russians necessarily, but like the the quote at the end of the movie because there's a point. It, it's when they kill Roger. Where, you know, uh, Alonzo's got the gun on Hoyt and he's talking about what the news is going to say, right? LAPD officer uh, found killed today, gunned down today in the streets, blah, blah, blah. And they use that exact same phrase to describe his death at the end of this mm-hmm. movie. I thought it was, it was clever. Great at all, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, the movie was uh, surprising. Uh, I'm glad we... Uh, I'm certainly glad that we picked it. The I guess the Departed was the A one anniversary because I think it is the better film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this film is a lot of fun. It's got it's got a lot of entertaining performances. It's worth seeing for for Denzel uh, alone. Was there yeah. any other things we want to talk, or have we pretty much finished this training day? We graduated. Uh, yeah, I would say we have. I will say I think Ethan Hawke goes out and the day after training day, he's got a side piece. Right. He's he's got a backup <laughs> piece. I think it goes back to patrol because I, I there's that <laughs> yeah, one scene where probably. like a Denzel's like takes him over to overpass is like, look, you got to decide right now. Are you going to be with us or do you want to be with those guys? And he gestures over and there's like these, you know, stereotypically clean cut cops that are helping a lady and her kids that are broke down, changing their tire. Like, you know, they're serving, protecting. Right. For I sure. think he goes back. I think he goes back to being a beat cop. 
Like fuck, yeah, fuck being, right. fuck running my own squad, fuck living in a mansion. Uh, nah, nah, because that's that's all. Um, man, we didn't even. I, I guess we didn't talk about the three wise men scene. Um, okay, well, let's that, talk about it. I I don't I don't know. I didn't like it. I felt like that's that's where the movie really started losing its detachment from reality. That there's like these uh, three corrupt like crime bosses and the cops that oversee all police activity and kind of like give everybody hoodwinks or something and it's like this shrouded smoke filled broom and I yeah um I I thought it was yeah I'm with you um I read about why uh yeah I guess was it Fuqua who wanted this in there um to kind of connect the dots between like you know, the behavior on the streets and the permissiveness that these cops get from the upper echelons. Like they, Mm. they didn't want it to just be some rogue cop who was bad and doing this shit on his own. They wanted the system to be an accomplice here. Um, because you know, he, he was, they were talking about the rampart scandal, right. And how it it basically was, there were so Mm. many dirty cops and everybody knew about it. And, he didn't want it to come across as like Denzel's just doing this on his own. And now that Denzel's dead, things will be fine in LA. It was, it, he wanted it to be bigger than that. Hmm. Hey, I, Cause I, I actually think if he wants to indict the system, he did a bad job of it because again, you get the idea like, well, you know, maybe you could do this sanely if you just had three wise men who were virtuous instead of corrupt and evil. Whereas sure. You know, bad law makes corrupt, systems because you know yeah you know, they like, don't get into the like, law it's just the enforcement no like there yeah like right. like like you know like rape murder theft everyone you know mm-hmm. the, uh, there's those everyone agrees that that's something you gotta you gotta you gotta curb you gotta you gotta tamp down let's talk uh, about murder you, yeah you, you want you, you want to get the you want the cops to do that stuff and like the the insidious thing about the drug trade is it seems like you know Someone gets raped. You want that crime solved. Someone smokes a doobie. Who gives a fuck? Literally. Right. So since there is a gap between that, like, you know, you can take a bribe to look the other way on the doobie stuff and on the, you know, maybe the prostitution and the gambling and all that kind of. But like you're, you know, if you take bribes about the murder, like that's going to, you know, that that's 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 going to get uh, eventually the heat is going to raise to like society does something about it. And I, I think that that's like. Saying it's like, oh, these guys are corrupt all the way to the top. Well, it's like, well, why are they corrupt all the way to the top? You know, so there's um, money because to be you're, made, I you're, guess. You're, you're, but but why is there money to be made? There's mm-hmm. not. I don't think there's money to be made in like uh, sweeping murders and rapes under the the carpet. But there's huge amount of money to be made when you're talking about the solicit pro, uh, product on an underground market. And it seems again yeah. obvious to me that like if you want. Like like the like I don't know how you make that that point of like there is not an Elliot Ness. Like Elliot Ness mm-hmm. did not solve like that's I, I, you know what you well, I guess you can only do it in historical hindsight because what makes uh, the untouchables kind of brilliant at the end is the hero cop. Uh, his job is just done away with at the end, mm-hmm. because like as he puts away Al Capone, the guy's like, hey, Elliot Ness, uh, they just repealed the, the, the 20th Amendment. And uh, how do you feel about that? I think I want to have a drink, you know, fuck like it's it's. But you can't do that happy ending in this movie because for 20 more years, we're going to continue to do the same thing. And I'm starting to think for 20 more yeah. years, we're going to keep doing it like shit. You know, you can't even get federal like like we were making progress, federally. 
yeah yeah progress it's slow and it's painful mm-hmm. um but uh that's that's the yeah that's so i i hate that scene twice as much now because i <laughs> i thought it was i thought it's not not a great scene and it didn't do the thing that uh, fuqua wanted to do mm-hmm. anyway okay. training day uh did you mentioned the oscars did did denzel not he got nominated for sure no did he, he won yeah he okay, won I thought so. ethan hawk got nominated but didn't win as a supporting actor but, gotcha because yeah. he richly deserved this is this is uh uh you know what what a you know he's he's had tons tons of great performances he's got mm-hmm. tons of acclaim for it but like this is the most undenzel thing but he's all but he's using all the denzel tools it's just for oh, yeah. evil instead of good yeah so, and the movie lives or dies on his performance i i wouldn't buy it from anybody less charismatic yeah 100 percent Anyway, that's training day. We'll be back next week with another uh, prestige movie. I hope to see you back then. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later, everybody.